Thank you for uh, being here and participating with us today. Whether you're online or on site, we appreciate your presence and participation. Uh, regardless of your uh, favorite style of music, you have probably heard this song in some way, shape, or form. No, I'm not going to sing. You're welcome. Uh, first verse goes something like this. Now, and now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Now, everybody's got their favorite version. From soul to punk, classical to country, there's been a wide variety of My Way covers that have taken Frank Sinatra's masterpiece and taken it to New Realm. I, because quite honest, I didn't have the time to just go listen to all of the different versions. I listened to a soul version, that was interesting. I tried to listen to a punk version. I couldn't take it. Uh, in March 1960, believe me, that's bad if I can't take it, because, well, anyway, let's just not go there. In March 1969, Frank Sinatra released a, a single that would become regarded as like one of his signature tunes, My Way. It was a ballad about the aging a uh, person's uh, reflection on his life and his achievements. And, and uh, since then, there have been all kinds of people singing it. And uh, uh, <coughs> Elvis Presley probably is another one that uh, has, uh, was famous for that. So it's got, this song has a balance of vulnerability and egotism heartbreak and bravado. It was seemed to have been tailor-made for, for Frank Sinatra. Elvis made it his in, in the 70s. It was a staple of his live shows. It was one of his uh, uh, songs that he performed in 1973 on his TV broadcast. Aloha from uh, Hawaii, of course. Um, so I was wondering, what makes this song, you know, what makes any song, but in particular, what makes this song uh, popular across so many different music markets? I mean, soul, punk, classical, country, Willie Nelson. I mean, I'm sorry, but in my mind, if you put a picture of Willie Nelson next to Frank Sinatra, that's a real clash of style. Oh, never mind. But what attracts us to this song? Could it be that the confident independence and the defiance that rings in the words, I did it my way? Uh, maybe, could, could we even go so far as to say that this is kind of like our battle cry, uh, our drive to do it our way? You hear little kids do it. I can't do it myself. Old people do it. 
I can do it myself. Thank you very much. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. Either way, we always do it all, all through life. I can do it my way. I can do it. Thank you. I'll do it my way. Maybe that's it. But our drive to do it our way can lead to mistakes. Uh, a slightly humorous one uh, happened a few years ago in Illinois. The governor then was uh, uh, building toward a crescendo in his State of the Union, uh, or State of the State address, excuse me. Uh, and he was imploring the lawmakers to cut taxes and spend and spending to ensure a more prosperous future. And then to drive his home, uh, point home, he did what every governor and lawmaker in Illinois knows you have to do. You have to quote Abe Lincoln. In the land of Lincoln, you quote Abe Lincoln. And so he said, Abraham Lincoln once said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. But the problem is, Lincoln never said that. According to three top Lincoln scholars, the governor's office later you know, admitted the mistake and pointed out, however, that several, and uh, they're, tr they're, they're true, it's true, because I looked. Uh, in fact, I received, I received as a Christmas gift, not about a year ago, I received a Christmas gift uh, with a coffee mug that's had that quote on it, attributed to Abraham Lincoln. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So I Googled it. That's what, you know, that's what I do. A lot of us do that. Uh, we do an internet search. Well, first whole page of results were websites saying that Abraham Lincoln did it, said it. Not a single one on the first page said that he didn't say that. The best way to predict the future is to create it. The governor's also office said that, you know, from now on when they're going to quote Abraham Lincoln, they're going to check with the scholars first just to make sure. Uh, no one really knows who said that thing, that made that quote. Uh, uh, but we like the way it sounds. Best way to predict the future is to create it. Yeah, let's do it. Our, our desire to declare that uh, we did it our way is an ancient one. Uh, it appears among the earliest biblical records uh, of our human origins. Don't get far, you get Genesis 1, Genesis 2, then you hit Genesis 3, and there's a story of a serpent who comes to the garden and speaks to Adam and Eve, speaks to Eve, says, did God really say you can't eat any of these tree fruit from any of these trees? Oh, no, 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 God said we can eat from all these trees except for that one over there, and then he said don't eat it and don't touch it. Well, they kind of added that rule about not touching it, but that's okay. And, and, the, and, and she said, and if we, if we eat from that tree, we're going to die. And the serpent says to her, you will not die. God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from, and evil. And the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. 
And she took and ate some of it and also gave some to her husband who was with her, letting her talk to a snake. Well, you might want to talk to Adam. What kind of an idiot stands around letting his wife talk to a snake? The guy hasn't learned anything from one thing. I'm going to say that. I'll give him, I'll give him that much. He didn't know what we know, but still. When they ate it, they messed everything up. As the old punch, as a punchline from an old joke said, well, thanks, dear, you just ate us out of house and home. <laughs> Some of you are getting it. Yeah, they got kicked out of the garden. It seems to me, though, that Adam and Eve could have sung another verse from that, that song, my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew, when I bit off more than I could chew. But through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all, or I stood tall. I did it my way. I wanted to be like God, and so I did it my way. It didn't work, but I, it's okay. I, I did it my way. History is filled with these chants of, of self-determination. I'm, I'm going to take care of it. I did it my way. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Create your own future. I'm a self-made man or I'm a self-made woman. I always, my, my first thought when I hear somebody say that is, Put that on your next Mother's Day card. You just go tell your mom. All those hours of labor were actually me making myself. Thank you very much. Yeah. I brought you into the world and I can take you out. Jesus introduced a unique concept, however, in the prayer that he taught his followers to pray. Some of you know this prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Did you catch that? Did you catch it? The new thing, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done became the heart and soul of his prayer on the night before his crucifixion. And that's where we want to focus our attention for a little bit. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 46. Matthew 26, 36 to 46. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. 
And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, that would be Peter, James, and John, the sons of Zebedee. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Listen, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours, three times. Why? Some of you know that's my favorite question, or one of my favorite questions. My, my other favorite question that follows right after that is how, but this first one is why. What possible reason, think about this with me, Jesus is God in human flesh. He's 100% God, and he's 100% human. What possible reason could God in human flesh have for surrendering his will to God? Shouldn't that be a sealed deal? An inevitable decision? An automatic response? A no-brainer? I'm going to let the, the big-time theologians argue that out. I have a knack for raising questions, by the way, that nobody seems to have dealt with. You know, I've read, looked at lots of commentators and lots of Bible studies, and nobody seems to be asking the question. It's either because they've asked it and haven't found an answer for it yet, or they're the only one to ask. I don't know. It's probably the first one, because I can't be the only one. But this is what I think. There's a battle in every human heart that has nothing to do with whether we're fallen, broken human beings or not fallen human, broken beings. It was a battle that happened in Adam and Eve before they rebelled against God. It is a battle that happened in Jesus. There's a battle in every human heart between 
my will and God's will. Because we have a choice to make. Whose purpose will be done? Whose desire will become reality? And victory in this battle comes from voluntary surrender to God's will. There's a, there's a battle in every human heart between my will and God's will. It's as old as that very first rebellion that we read about with Adam and Eve. It is as new as our latest decision to decide to do it our way. And the only way to victory in this battle is to pray, God, your will be done. And if it takes Jesus, God in human flesh, three times, don't think you and I can get off with just once or twice or three. I'm pretty sure it's going to take us way more. Well, it depends on how independent and stubborn you are, or I am. Jesus prayed that way, God, your will, not mine. He taught his followers to pray that way. It wasn't an accident that he put it in the Lord's Prayer, the prayer we call the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, in other words, in me, as it is in heaven. And he lived that way. So, sermon in a sentence, if you want to remember this whole thing in one line, there's a new battle cry. God, your will be done. We need to change things. We need to start saying, I did it God's way. I put myself down on my knees at Jesus' cross. I trust in Jesus, God to, to create my future. God's amazing grace has made me who I am. There's a battle in your heart between your will and God's will. The only way for you to have victory in this battle is to pray, God, your will be done. So how can we do this, work on this, make this practical? How can we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in making this a reality in our lives of practicing God, your will be done? Well, here's a suggestion and an invitation. Would you join me in praying the Lord's Prayer at least once a day between now and and December 31st. And when I say now, I mean now. I'm going to pray. You don't need to say it out loud, but pray with me.
us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. particularly for the folks online, I want to thank you for connecting with us. If you have not already, I want to invite you to join the Champions of Hope Facebook group. There's a link in the description. And I uh, invite you to find uh, some unique content there, as well as opportunities to join with or connect with other people in, who are infusing people with the hope of Jesus. So, go out in peace, have courage, hold on to what is good, return blessing for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor everyone, love and serve Jesus, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. You are sent. Go with Jesus.